On Before the Bestseller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Straffy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Anna David is a New York Times bestselling author and founder of Legacy Launchpad Publishing. Anna is someone, so our story, for those of you who don't know, actually goes back to when I pitched Anna to be on her podcast about two years ago. And lucky for me, she was willing to have me on. But Anna has had the likes of Chris Voss on her podcast, along with many, many other extremely knowledgeable people. Uh, her her podcast and her uh, new latest book on good authority is the topic of today's conversation where it is very seldom that I open a book uh, about book marketing and find that a lot of the information in it is new stuff. And so I'm excited to dive into the book. Anna has worked with countless authors on their books and marketing. And so welcome back to the show, Anna. Anna, I, I'm so excited to have you back on. You're one of my favorite people uh, in publishing. I've known you for a couple of years now, and it's just so much fun getting to watch your journey. Uh, so thank you for coming on. I mean, right back at you. Your newsletter is has taught me a lot about how to do a newsletter. And I don't know if you've noticed, it's mine has really veered a lot more towards the way you do it. Um, ever since you're, cause I, I, you're just, you spread the best information. So mutual admiration society. Well, I steal a lot of it from you. So, uh, <laughs> talking about this latest one on good authority, this book that you've just released, uh, with the forward by Michael Gerber, which I want to talk about how you got that, you know, you talk about a lot of different marketing stuff within it. Um, first it's, it's kind of weird just jumping into things, but since if anyone wants to hear the childhood story that made you who you are today, you'll actually have to go back and listen to Anna's first episode on here. Uh, you're one of our first 10 episodes and uh, you're actually only our second ever repeat guest. So just shows how much I love you. Um, preface. So you preface the book with chat GPT and the introduction of that into how you uh, look at marketing. I recently just put out in my newsletter sort of my take on it. And I realized we have the exact same take. Yeah, uh, it we seems. do. So yeah, share a little bit about how you see authors currently starting to use ChatGPT in their publishing and how you think that it's going to have an impact on publishing. Well, first I want to do a sidebar into why I included that as the, the preface to the book. And it's kind of an interesting, it was kind of in one of the things that didn't work as well. Um, for Make Your Master Memoir, I was able to get it on Good Morning America. And that was so huge to me for a book on writing. And I thought, how can I do this again? How can I get on a really big show with a book about building authority through writing, not newsworthy to anybody? And the same publicist who helped me get on Good Morning America, we started strategizing. And I said, well, could a news peg be that I'm really into ChatGPT? And he said, no, that's still not interesting enough. But can we sort of enhance that? And I thought, well, what if what if I, I talked about how ChatGPT can help with mental health because you could plug your origin story into ChatGPT and say, tell it back to me through the hero's journey lens. And he's like, that's good. Let's do that. So I went to all this effort. I mean, I started groups. I was going to start a software. I added this to the book so that a booker could say, oh, she talks about this in her book even though it wasn't a big part of the book and we got nowhere with it. So totally full disclosure, that is the only reason I added that as a preface to the book. And in retrospect, I wish my energies had been spent elsewhere. I could keep bugging that publicist, but it's like, 
I just had to decide where do I want to put my energies? Was it, what does it do for me to get on Good Morning America to talk about this? Actually, not that much. What was amazing about getting on Good Morning America for me was not getting on Good Morning America. It was that I could show my clients when they said, well, I want to go traditional publishing because I want to get on big shows. I could say, well, I couldn't get on Good Morning America for my books published with Harper, but I could for the book I published. So that was the only reason it was good. And it's great for business, of course, but business is good. Yeah. And I think this sets the tone for the whole conversation because right out of the bat, you've proven that you started, you wrote the book with the marketing in mind, right? Which is like, and finding that hook early on. So already that's a great tidbit for any listening, anyone listening is like, what can you include or maybe write a little bit about that's going to be a great hook for, you know, pitching the media. Um, something I love that you talked about in your book is when it comes to social media, uh, it, it's kind of a way for comedians to work out their hour-long best piece of content, right? Um, can you walk us through uh, how you view social media? Because I think we actually differ in opinion a little bit on that. And so I'd love to kind of dive deeper into that. And then what you mean by you know it being sort of the comedian's way of, of finding out, the author's way of the comedian's way of figuring out their best content. Yeah, Paul Angoni said that on my podcast, and it was I thought it was so interesting. So I can't take credit for that. But but the way I look at social media is as an amazing opportunity. I too have gone down crazy rabbit holes. I Instagram, as my friend says, it has hurt my feelings. Um, I, it has done all sorts of things to to me and for me that have not been great. However, for the most part. I have been able to use social media rather than having it use me. And I have gotten huge clients through social media. And I've gotten my time spent creating that content down to about an hour a week. And I'm talking clients who paid us $100,000 because of one... See, that's the thing. It wasn't one post. consistent posting about a topic that showed my expertise that made them reach out. And to me, that is well worth it. And I look at it as like, this is our opportunity. You know, I come from old school where, you you know, to get a magazine piece published, to get on a TV show, you had to do so many things. And now we're all our own TV shows. We're our own magazines. How lucky are we to be able to pick up a phone and share what we think with people. So I do think it's about an attitude shift. One hour into your content plan each week. Could you please dive into that a little bit and how you've been able to do that? Yes. And I actually have a course that shows exactly how to do it. My book to business course. Um, You take your book. And so I took the book in progress on Good Authority as I was working on it. I saved a copy as just like called it social media content and I went through and I would, I have Social Bee as my platform scheduling app, which is awesome and I recommend it. Um, but there's all sorts of other ones. And I would take a section and I go, okay, can that make a post? Absolutely. And I would highlight it in the in the document. I would copy and paste it. I put it in Social Bee. I'd add a hook for LinkedIn. And for LinkedIn, you know, I always say play the platform. So LinkedIn. Um, you want to have an amazing three or four hook sentences so that people click on the ellipses and see more. Um, for for Twitter, it's more about um, 
you know, sharing knowledge. I mean, Twitter is really about threats, which are just take a lot of time and I don't find are for me worth it. Um, but you make it work for LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you tweak it a little bit, but you're basically using the same idea in three places. And I just, I do, I, I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, my, my Wednesday post is always promoting my news, my podcast. One post is promoting my newsletter. I don't post promote my newsletter by saying, um, yeah, I subscribe to my newsletter. I try to put something and say, you know, you could get tips like this if you subscribe. And so that leaves me three days to take three little bits from my book. And by the end of a year, every section's highlighted because I've used every single section. Um, and, And so it's so much easier than people realize. And again, I walk you through how to do that in Book to Business. We'll link out to that for sure. Um, you recommend going wide and I recommend going narrow, right? Like I, I say, like, pick your one thing or your one or two things and do that one thing because of consistency. Mm. If you don't do anything consistently, it's not going to work. You say go wide. Uh, could you could you give me some more insights into that? Yeah. I mean, I think platforms change all the time. Um, You know, Twitter has just transformed in the past six months. Instagram, I was putting all my effort into Instagram and then they changed some algorithm thing and suddenly my reach wasn't what it was. And there's all that work down the drain. The reality of most of us going viral or becoming influencers on any of these platforms is very small. So rather than aiming for a big audience, aim for a consistent audience. And to me, it doesn't spread me thin when I'm putting the same content in all the places. Yeah. So yeah, if you're just repurposing stuff, then you know, you're know you not reinventing the wheel for each of these platforms. Do you think this is more for someone who's using their book as part of their business to get clients? Or do you think this works to actually move copies as well? I, I actually don't know because I, I don't even check my book sales. I don't know anything about, about moving copies, but, but I, I would bet, I mean, what I know is that it builds authority. If your book is about, you know, what, what, whatever your business, whoever your business serves, um, you know, you are constantly building authority by putting that content out and you don't have to worry that people are going to say, um, oh my God, I've heard this before. God, she says this all the time. They probably do say that, um, but it doesn't matter. People need to hear things a lot. It's like remembering, yeah, I think in the book you said it's going from like seven times to 15 times that people now need to see or whatever. One thing that was new to me, uh, and this is to start a list of a lot of things that were new to me that I'm excited to chat about that I, I learned about in uh, On Good Authority, Quora. Uh, you've said you've had authors have great success with Quora. Can you walk us through what what is Quora? What is a good Quora strategy and what is it helpful for doing? Yeah. Um, Nicholas Cole, who's amazing, um, when he, I mean, 10 years ago or something like that, he looked around, he said, I want to be a writer. Um, it didn't look at that time like Twitter was a good place for him to build that he had been a gamer and he saw that YouTube was big for gamers. And he said, well, where can I do this? Hmm, What's this thing, Quora? And he vowed to do um, answer a question every day on Quora for a year and see what happened. And he had these certain areas of expertise, you know, I think it was weightlifting and marketing and other things. And because of that consistency, uh, something went viral and, and then publications, I didn't know this. Chris Voss is the one who told me this publications will take bits from 
Quora and use it in their stories, which is kind of alarming. Um, because <laughs> yeah. Those are treated as facts. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. So, so Cole built up a, a huge business and now he and Dickie Bush have shipped 30, which is this massive writing, you know, co cohort group. Um, he's a genius. So he was able to do that. And then Chris Voss told me he did that and he learned about it from Gary V. So, um, I will tell you, I tried it myself and didn't have great success, but I had no consistency. So the name of the game is consistency. I tried it. I was like, wow, this is boring answering these questions. And, and Quora has gotten a lot stricter over the years. So, you know, I think back in the day, Cole was able to also bring that audience to his list and to other things. Whereas now if you, if you sort of put something and then you say, I've got more about this in my book or my newsletter, you know, that they'll delete it. Yeah. Um, but you know, but yeah, I think with consistency, it still works. What does consistency mean? So like, what, how many days, how many times posting? What, what do we mean by that? I think Cole is a great example every day for a year. Like every that's, year. that's not realistic for me or a lot of other people, but if it is realistic, if that's where you want to double down. So, okay. So there, I do agree with you, right? I guess, you know, this is interesting because it's like for where I am right now, it wouldn't make sense for me. Um, but like, I guess it's like, if you're starting out more and you're, you are willing to put in that time and energy, um, you know, maybe it does make sense. I still say distribute yourself widely, but like to really try on one, knowing that that platform can change and your work may go down the drain. It's like almost, yeah, it's like testing to see what's going to work for you initially uh, by spreading yourself widely. Um, one more thing on Quora, I'm sure it works better for some genres versus others. Any insight there into whether an author can know, okay, like maybe this is a good outlet for me, or, or maybe this is something I shouldn't spend my time on? I just don't know enough to say. I will say when I went there and was answering questions about book publishing, there was a thriving community and people were requesting answers to things. Um, but but they also, my audience, I think at a place like Quora, and I, I'm totally generalizing, they could be far newer to it. I, I'm not gonna, I don't speak particularly well to people who are like, I'm going to get a huge book deal and be famous, even though I have no audience. Like I speak to a, a, a group that's a little bit more educated about yeah. the business. Yeah. And I, I, that's such a good point too, is figuring out, because you can, you know, you think, oh, okay, well, I'm targeting writers. And it's like, okay, well, where are writers looking? But it's like, no, go within that. Like what kind of writers are you looking for? Right. It's like your exact, you know, type of person. So that's such a good point there. Um, next thing you talk about is publication boards. So obviously, you know, for you, this is huge because, you know, getting in, it, I feel like that probably does address more of your market. Tell me a little bit about what are publication boards. The first time he, for me, even hearing about it was in your book. Oh, um, wow. So you, you can just dive into that and talk a little bit about that and, and how that's worked for some of your authors. Yeah, it's a dirty little secret. So, you know, um, publications that once paid me to write, I, I now pay to write for them. And the way they get away with it, uh, uh, business publications, is they say you can be on the board. The only reason anybody wants to join is to get the opportunity. Being a quote unquote board member gives you the opportunity to publish on, you know, and this is Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Inc., um, Newsweek does it. 
and um, and they have qualifications. I mean, they're they're very careful. They have qualifications. Um, I think in some cases you ha- your business has that you have to prove that your business nets over a million a year. Um, or you have to be recommended or you, you have to go through an interview process. Um, and, and then once you, so you're allowed in most of these cases to post an article a month. Um, I was doing it last year. I joined both entrepreneur and fast company, and I committed to doing one article a month for each in the end. Again, it was like not worth putting my energy towards that. It, I got no tangible proof that it helped reach my audience. Um, no one ever said to me, I'm hot. I first discovered you on Fast Company, and so I'm reaching out. And that has happened repeatedly on LinkedIn, which is a free platform. So it's not something I'm going to keep doing. However, um, you know, and also I had had 10 whatever, 15 years of being published online. So I'm jaded. And so getting published on one of those, you know, things doesn't mean as much to me. Um, However, if you are um, trying to reach entrepreneurs, founders, CEOs, those platforms are, are a good, I think it's worth uh, experimenting with if you're in a position to do so. It's like another verification badge. It's like, hey, look, I've been published in here and it's it's a way for you to get that, uh, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and they even go so far as to give you literal badges and say like, <laughs> you can post like you're on the Fast Company executive board and, and things like that. And I yeah. do think that can look very impressive. Gotcha. Next one is uh, press releases. So I, you know, again, I, I don't, I've been in publishing way less than the time you have been. And you know, I've had some authors like say, oh, I'm going to send out a press release. Or I've talked with some communication companies that are like, oh yeah, we're sending out a press release for a client. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Like that doesn't actually do anything for the book. And I learned otherwise in your book. And so it was the first time that I ever was like, okay, I guess that does make sense. Tell us about the press release, what it really is, what it's supposed to do and how an author can do it the right way. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on your goals. So what it doesn't do is get Good Morning America to book you. Um, what it does do, you know, we use a service that distributes the press release to over 6,000 outlets. So the day of your release, your name and your association with your book will go 6,000 places online. Is that, uh, is that a trade secret? What, which press release company is that? Or, or are you willing to share that? It's called uh, Send to Press, the number two. Okay. And I do, I think it's just like a one shot thing. The guy who runs it is so nice and so great and really cares. And I know there are a lot of distribution sites out there. We tried a few and we just love his name's Chris. Um, we love that one. Um, and and so that what that will do is if you have no uh, Google presence as an author overnight, it will give you that presence. And we've had clients who we've done that. And then their Google knowledge panel appears as so-and-so an author and their book is about a week. That's something authors can, can try for years to get. So, um, uh, you know, I have a Google alert for book publishing. You probably have that too, just so I can kind of stay abreast. And, and every day there will be several of those press types of press releases uh, that I get, and they sound ridiculous. They are like 
not, they sound like fluff. I mean, we write really great ones. So they don't sound like news, but Google, in if you do it in that many places, Google doesn't care. So it's an amazing strategy. Yeah, I, I love that. And I'm totally going to steal that. So I hope yeah, that's okay. Uh, and thank, thank you for being willing to, to share the specifics on that one. Um, next one is, you know, I see you doing live events for your clients all the time. Um, some very beautiful, big events. Tell me a little bit. I know you read a bit about it in the book. What is the purpose of doing a live event? Is it worth the money? I think I saw something where you get like local banks to sponsor it. Like walk me through about why you think events are important. Well, I will share that for On Good Authority, BookSoup offered me a reading. Now, BookSoup is the coolest bookstore in LA. This is an opportunity that like people fly in for. Um, I, I took a photo. Uh, of oh, I remember that. That yeah, was so in, in cute. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. So I love them. I have a great relationship with them, which is why they offered it to me. I turned it down because it was the same week as my baby shower. And I, the reality when you're not a famous author is the people that show up for your readings are your friends. Uh, and so I was already asking all my friends to show up somewhere else that week. And I was, you know, I was like, is it worth my energy? Um, readings, events, they're stressful. They take a lot out of you. And at this point, it wasn't worth it to me. I've also had 20 to 30 book parties in my career. So I'm jaded. If um, for someone who's new to it, absolutely do it. Know that it won't sell books, probably. Um, but but celebrate yourself. Our clients have had amazing readings. We, yeah, we did have a client who we did a party for her in LA with like a red carpet and we had press there and it was it was amazing. But I think know that you're celebrating yourself and your achievement, but it's not going to um, probably move the needle on your book sales. In fact, most people give their books away at their book parties. Yeah. Um, there's so much more I want to ask you about from getting uh, contacts in the media. You have some great advice on doing that. Uh, bulk orders, uh, getting into local bookstores. But uh, I know we're running out of time, so I think people are just going to have to buy your book uh, because it is so good. Uh, I, it's not often that I come across, you know, a book that I'm like, "Wow, this is like like 50 to 60 percent new information for me." And that was the case with your book. So thank you for putting it out. I learned so much from it. Where can people get on good authority? First of all, I'm so honored. My goal in life is to make you like me as much as you like Rob Fitzpatrick. It <laughs> is a noble goal that I may not reach, but it's it's a goal nonetheless. Um, on goodauthoritybook.com. You can also go to ongoodamazon.com. That's another recommendation. Buy an, a domain and have it redirect. Um, a domain for a year, I think it's $12 in most places, let it go after a year. But on that, in that first year, you're spending $12 to be able to go on podcasts and go on social media and just give a simple link. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that so much. And next time, uh, luckily, lucky for us, you're willing to come back on and actually talk about your book marketing plan from Good Authority. So looking forward to having you back on uh, and diving into the specifics of that. So thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time, and I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did, or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review 
on Apple, that would be fantastic or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at alex at advancedamazonads.com. That's alex at advancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode. 